I quit. Uh, we've been looking at this uh, over the last three weeks. Um, they've been pretty rough on us. Well, maybe not you, they've been rough on me. Um, I, gotta learn, I gotta learn it too. Uh, but if you'll remember the first uh, week we looked at, I quit making excuses. <laughs> then we looked at, I quit complaining. How many's worked on that? Well, we got some brave souls. And then last week we looked at, I quit being critical. Mm. Mm. Did you get all that? All right. Today I want to, this next one that we're going to talk about, folks, is one that people, we all do it. Everybody does it. So if you're in this room and you're saying, not me, you don't even know where I'm going yet, you do do, you do, do this. You do do it. <laughs> Everybody does it. Everybody has a habit of doing it. We can try not to, and we should try not to, but for sometimes we all find ourselves weak and we end up saying certain things. I'm not as good looking as whoever, <laughs> whoever you want. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll embarrass my daughter. Uh, she come home, uh, she was through the house one day and she was three, four maybe. And she was, I mean, she was crying. She was ugly crying, we call it. And uh, her mommy asked her why. And she said, I'll never be as pretty as her. And she said, who? And she was talking about Britney Spears, of all people. <laughs> but she was convinced she would never be and we all fall into this. I wish I could sing like so-and-so, or I wish I could preach like so-and-so, or I wish that I had it all together like so-and-so. You know, Dee had somebody actually tell her one time that they were upset with our family because they thought, oh sure, their life's so perfect and they got it all together. I'm like, you don't live behind our, our, our door. I wish we had it all together. I wish it was all perfect all the time. Uh, but you know, the moment you involve people in something, it quit being perfect. And so we live our lives looking at things. We look at TV, we look at Facebook, we look at Instagram, we look at all this stuff and we see what everybody portrays and then we say, mine will never be this. Theodore Roosevelt said this one time. He said, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. You wanna make sure that you're not happy? All you have to do is start comparing yourself to someone else. Cause we can all find somebody who put it out there like they got it all together, who act like it's all good. But when we start comparing ourselves to others, rather than who God created us to be, what God created us to be, and to be happy in the place that God put us, we're gonna make sure that we're gonna find ourselves upset. And I love that statement, comparison is the thing. Do you know that even the disciples had, had this problem? This is why I know everybody in here has this problem. Because Jesus' best friends had it. Look at Luke chapter nine. Luke chapter nine, verse 46. And the disciples began to argue and became preoccupied over who would be the greatest among them. 
They became preoccupied. You see, that's what happens when we start comparing ourselves to others. When we start comparing at this one, and, well, I need to be more like this, or why can't I be more like that, or why can't I be like this? And we become preoccupied with that, and that starts to rob your joy because you start looking at yourself as anything other than what God made you. Now, can we improve ourselves? Yes. Should we improve ourselves? Yes. But I can't sit here and compare myself because when I start comparing my life to somebody else's life, I don't know whether their life's got it together or not. But then all of a sudden I start basing whether I'm full of joy and whether I'm happy by saying, do I measure up to what's going on in their life? And when I don't think I measure up, when I don't think, when I don't think I measure up to what's going on in their life, then all of a sudden I'm just not happy anymore. And what's it do? It puts me on a continual cycle. It's this stupid little hamster wheel that goes over and over and over and I never get anywhere because I'm always trying to live up to what I think I should have based on them. And we say, well, I don't know about that. The disciples had that problem. They became preoccupied. I wonder who's gonna be better. And I know we, did, we wouldn't think that the Bible would have anything to say about that. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 from the uh, Amplified verse 12. <clears throat> so we do not have the audacity to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with some who supply testimonials to and commend themselves. That sounds like a Facebook post if ever there was one. I'm gonna give you the testimonial of my life and I am going to say you should, you, if you don't have it together like me, that's what he's saying here. He said they, they supply testimonials and they commend themselves. <laughs> Might be a little bit deeper than you thought it was, huh? With some who supply testimonials or commend themselves, when they measure themselves by themselves. Oh, I love that. And they compare themselves with themselves. So what happens is we, we, we live in this social media lifestyle world now where everybody's doing this. Well, this is the hot new thing. And all of a sudden, everybody's wearing the same pair of jeans. Well, this is the big thing that's going on now. And now everybody sings a certain way. There's a certain style of even vocal sing. <laughs> because we commend ourselves and we say ourselves and we compare ourselves. And so what we're doing is we're taking away our own originality that God made us. We're taking away the very thing and the very essence of who we are to try to be like somebody else because we think their life's in order. We think they got it all together. And what we fail to remember, and I'm not quoting a famous singer here, is you were made this way. Some of you got it. <laughs> this is just who you were made to be. I like that. He said they compare themselves, they lack wisdom, and behave like fools. My goodness, that sounds just like social media. Well, you're against social media. No, I'm not. Emma Katie. 
But you have to look at, we have to remember the way we were made. You were created by God. And so if you want to quit comparing yourself to others, you're going to have to become okay with who God made you. And realize that you're not in a competition with anyone else. You're not trying to be the next best Brenda. I'm just going to be Brent. I can try to be whatever Brenda's got going on, and I can try to do everything that she does, but guess what? The world doesn't need another Brenda. Trust me. The world doesn't need. But what the world needs is for Brenda to be who she is. He needs Luke to be who Luke is. What the world needs is for Ted to be who Ted is. The world needs a Brent, whether everybody likes it or not. Because I'm, I'm here. I was put here for a reason. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. You, your connection with God started before you were ever born. And we're put on this earth to get back to that place and accomplish certain things before we get there. Look at Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. And I'm reading out of the message and everybody knows. I don't care. <laughs> I love what the message says here. It says, I already knew you before I made you inside your mother's body. I chose you to be special before you were born. If you're reading King James this morning, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I love how it says, he says, I chose you to be special special before you were born see the person who you are right now you say yeah but I've done this and I've done this and we all have experiences we all have stupidity in our life am I the only one y'all looked at me like not me we all have dumb things that we've done we've all caused ourselves some bad consequences at times but I still have to remember despite what I've done to myself despite the consequences that that I have created in my own life I am still chosen I am still picked and before I was ever placed on this earth he already knew me he already had a plan for me he already had it worked out and if I can just remember that and quit trying to compare myself to somebody else Comparison is the thief of joy. So I just have to be me. Sometimes I need to be a better version of me, but I have to be me. He says, I already knew you before I made you inside your mother's body. I chose you to be special before you were born. I chose you to be my prophet, to speak the message to the other nations. So what does it mean to be made? If he made me before I was born, look at the word made here. The word made means to form of materials, to fashion, to mold into shape, to cause to exist in a different form or as a distinct thing. See, I had a form in the spiritual realm. Come on. I already, you and I already existed there. You were there. Well, why don't I remember it? I'll tell you this. Why do you think babies see things so easily? They're not quite as far removed as we are. Come on. I know, I know, I know, I know. 
but he made us. So he said, whatever my name is there, he said, I'm gonna create a body for you. Isn't that what the word says he did for Jesus? He created him a body, come on. So he looks around and he sees me, he sees you, and he says, I am creating for you a body. And I know the plans I have for you. I know the thoughts I have for you. I know what I want to accomplish in you. And if you will just be what I have called you to be, you will get through this thing successful, happy, and victorious. So what happens? I get down here and I look at so-and-so. Oh, I'd like to be that. And I get down here and I look at this. Oh, I would like to, I'd like to do that. And I find, I had, a, I had a minister say to me one time, I was sitting in a, uh, in Bible school. I think it's where it was at. Uh, and he said, if you're out of your place, it was Keith Moore, wasn't it? Keith Moore, we were sitting, he said, if you're out of your place, you're out of your grace. You'll fall on your face. <laughs> and I thought, man, how do I need to remember that? Because I need to be what God made me to be. And no matter what it costs me, no matter what it, it, I have to do, no matter what I give, I can't tell you folks, the amount of years, because I knew what God called me to do, Rachel. I knew he's called me to bring the word. I knew he called me to preach. So if that meant working three jobs, and pastoring a church, I did it. And I wasn't ever unhappy in it. It always drove me to be who I am. But we've got to ask yourself, what drives you? What is the thing that pushes you? What is the thing that just, man, it sets you off? See, you've got to find that passion because that was birthed in you from the very beginning of your time from the moment that a seed and an egg came together, that victorious destiny was placed in you. And that victorious destiny was placed inside your mother's womb. And about nine months later or sooner for some, that victorious destiny was given birth to in the earth. And the earth is waiting for you and I to discover that victorious destiny that's in us. Quit trying to compare ourselves with everybody else and just be who God made you to be. Whether it makes you money, whether it makes you rich, whether it makes you poor, whatever that is. Because I'm telling you, you when you find it, it will push everything. He says to mold into shape, to cause to exist in a different form or as a distinct thing, to create, to cause and to exist, to form from nothing. We lose the fact of what we really are. And we ha I hear so many people sit back and they say, well, what do I have to offer? What do I got to offer? I'm just this, I'm just that, I'm just, I'm just Brenda. I'm just Idra. What do I have to offer? What you have to offer is a direct vision that came from heaven itself and was placed. Well, I hate where I live. I hate living in Ohio. I want to go somewhere warm. I 
But what if that divine destiny was placed inside you to plant you not only in Ohio, but in Cambridge? And not only in Cambridge, but on 9th Street, 10th Street, whatever street you live on. Not only in 9th Street, but placed you right in the middle of Harvest Christian Fellowship. That divine destiny that brought you here is the divine destiny that's going to lead you to your victory. But when you start comparing yourself to everybody else, you'll want to give up on the divine. Are you with me this morning? Man, God has a plan for you. And we lose fact. We lose sight of that. I thought Brent was going to get on a scripture of mine this morning. I was about to cover his mouth. Listen, Genesis chapter 1. And I'm reading from the message again on, in verse 26. And God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Why do I have to compare myself to anyone else when I realize I'm the image of God? Why do you have to compare yourself to anybody else when you realize you are the image of God? And let us make man in our image and make them reflecting our nature huh. so that they can be responsible for the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself. So what's our responsibility? Earth. You being who you were created to be are designed to have dominion over the earth and the spot that you possess. The thing that you possess. <clears throat> And over every animal that moves on the face of the earth, verse 27. And God created human beings. He created them godlike. Reflecting God's nature, he created them male and female. Man, that is who you are. Did you hear that? First off, first thing is you were made to be the reflection of God. Why in the world do you need to compare yourself to anybody else? Why do you have to live in, in, under the shadow of what somebody else is doing, what somebody else is accomplishing, what somebody else is portraying in front of them? You, 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 you. Look at yourself in the mirror. When I, when I did substance abuse counseling, Rachel, I'd have girls that would come in and they'd have on their pajamas. Please don't go around in your pajamas. And that, uh, doc dad come in, no makeup on, hair all done sideways. And I look at them and I'd say, here's what I need you to do. Because they always felt so low. Here's what I need you to do. Every morning you have to get up and I want you to get dressed. First thing, get dressed. Then I want you to put on makeup. Brother Hagen said, if the barn needs painted, paint it. <laughs> well, I don't like makeup. That, that's okay. Fix your hair. And I said, for the next 30 days, I want you to take a selfie every day. Now, some of you, that is no problem. Yeah. Looking at Sid. Uh, That's no problem taking selfies, right, Maisie? And I'll tell you, what you would find 
is as they begin to see themselves in a different light, all of a sudden everybody else that they hung with, all the ones that was bad temptations, they didn't go around them as much anymore. All because they began to see themselves as something different. Imagine if we looked into the Word of God. If every day I took a selfie, I looked at that selfie that says, I am the image of God. I am the reflection of God's nature. I am designed after his very likeness, after who he is. Imagine the view that I would get of myself. I would quit trying to compare myself to whoever else and I would say, this is my reflection. And the second thing he told them to do is they were supposed to have mastery over life. Supposed to be the master of life. Not let life beat you up, tear you down. Why does life beat me up and tear me down? Because usually I'm trying to be somebody I'm not meant to be. Try it over here. I'm trying to be somebody I'm not meant to be. And I can never gain mastery of my life if I never remember that I've been put in the kingship of my life. Because I'm always trying to be like somebody else's. You're made in the image of God. You are made to have a mastery over life. So every time we look in the mirror, let's quit trying to be anyone else. Let's say, what does the word of God say about me? Psalms 139. <clears throat> See, this is a little bit happier than the last three weeks. <laughs> Psalms 139, verse 13, and again out of the message. He said, oh yes, you shaped me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. <laughs> now look what he says here. He said, you made me inside, then you made my outside, and while I was in my mother's womb, you know God had his hand on you before you ever took a breath. Hey, you were with God before you ever became an atom. Before the first proton, neutron and electron gathered together and started spinning around what would eventually become you, he already knew you. And he said here, he said, yes, you shaped me inside then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. If you're reading King James, you'll remember it. It says, I am fearfully. And wonder, what if we really looked at ourselves and said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am made exactly the way God wanted me. Now, have I done things that change that? We're not talking about that. But who I am, everything that makes me up was made by God. He said, I love it here. He says, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship and adoration. What a creation. You realize what he's saying there? He's saying, I look in the mirror and go, whoa! Look at that. Man, that looks good. 
God, you're fantastic. That's amazing, God. God, man, this looking at myself makes me want to worship. Come on. I don't have to look anything else or anywhere else. We think it's funny, but David said, I look at the creation that you have made. I look at the creation you have made and it makes me want to worship. Just being me makes me want to worship. If we would just realize this, if we would take this, we would quit trying to chase everything that doesn't belong to us. (laughs) I look at your creation. I look with adoration, what a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. And like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. You don't have to be anybody but you. You don't have to chase anything else. All the stages of your life are prepared. All the days of my life are prepared before I even lived one day. Folks, your identity is not found in the things you accomplish, but in what God has already accomplished in you. Your identity is not found in the things you've accomplished, but in what God has already accomplished in you. You were created in his image. You were created God-like. You were created in his identity. And just because you were born, you are a wonder of creation. You are a marvelous marvelous wonder of creation. So it's okay to look at yourself in the mirror and go, looking good. <laughs> go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. He said, my dear children, well, that's kind of conceited. No, that's called Convinced. Conceited would be if I don't deserve it, Ernie. But he made me this way. I didn't make me this way. It's convinced. Our problem is we're not convinced that he made us right. Oh my gosh. My dear children, John, 1 John 4, 4. My dear children, you come from God and belong to God. You have already won a big victory over those false teachers. For the spirit in you is far stronger than anything in the world. So not only was I created to be what I am, but I was created to house the spirit of God. He created for you a vessel to house the very spirit of God. Do you know how valuable you are? Do you know how greatly marvelous you were made. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. (laughs) He said, and in our, let me try that again, and our own completeness is found in him. 
You know what it means to be complete? It means there's nothing missing. Imagine if you felt that way of yourself. Imagine if I would get this, I have everything I need. I am everything I need. Because I am in him, I have been made complete. I'm not lacking anything. I'm not coming up short. Now, do I come up short? Yep. It's usually when I'm doing something I shouldn't have been doing anyhow. He said, we are completely filled with God as Christ. Fullness overflows within us. So we're completely filled with God. And we said yes, and that's all it took. We said yes, and that's all it took. I didn't have to work for this. I didn't have to strive for this. I didn't have to plan out my days for this. He just gave it to me. He created me to be this way. He said, my own completion, completeness is found in him. Oh, and God's, and I am filled with God as Christ's full, fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority under the universe. Through our union with him, we have experienced circumcision of life, of, of the heart, sorry. And all the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished for us. My goodness. I'm telling you, you need to get this out. Go get on the version app and save this so you have these scriptures and look at yourself every day and declare these scriptures over yourself. What will it do for me? Well, it rem it'll help you remember what I am. So what am I? Am I, am I just Brent? Am I just this dude from West Virginia? I can be. I can be. But I'd rather find out what the Word says about me. See, the Word tells me that I'm a child of God. Just like Jesus is the Son of God, so am I. Son, and you a daughter of God. First John, I think, yeah, First John 3, verse 1. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. Look with wonder. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. Mm. The reason the world doesn't recognize us, recognize who we are, is that they didn't recognize him. Galatians chapter three, verse 26. You have all become true children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now imagine, Jody, we look at ourselves every day. I am a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I am complete in him. I am, and I am full of God through him. 
and I lack nothing because of him. And I look at his creation and it makes me want to worship. And I look at myself and it makes me happy to see the creation of God. I'm not looking at myself saying you're less than, you're lacking, you come up short. I don't come up short, I'm complete. I don't come up lacking, I have all that I need in him. The sin's been cut away, you're an old sinner. No, I'm not, sin's been cut away, it's become extinct. You see, when I start to see myself through the word. I don't know where we got this idea that the word tells us we're awful, we're horrible, we're filthy. I know we like to quote the scripture, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I think you need to read the rest of those verses because that's not where it ends. Go back and read, I challenge you, just go back and read them. It doesn't end there. We've tried to make it stop there. It doesn't end there. It talks about redemption. And you have been redeemed. Yeah, that was me, but I became born one way, but born again another. And now I look in the mirror and I said, I am the child of God. Ooh, well that's kinda, I didn't say it, he did, Lana. The second thing I find out about myself when I look at the word is I am the house of God. I am the dwelling place of God. First Corinthians chapter three, verse 16. Don't you realize that together you have become God's inner sanctuary and that the spirit of God makes his what? Permanent home in you. He bought the house. And he's not trying to sell it. And he takes good care of it. So, <laughs> I'm a child of God. I'm a dwelling place of God. I'm an heir of God. I'm an heir. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. It says, And since we are true children of true children, we qualify to share in all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. See, you came from heaven and in because of the faith and the work of Christ, you go back to inherit heaven. Do you realize that's what it says? We are joint heirs with Christ. When, when you're a joint heir, you get what that heir gets. So everything that Jesus has access to, I have access to. Everything Jesus had access to, you have access to. Why? We are joined. And the thing about, when you, when you go to look at Jewish tradition like that, when they adopted someone, you couldn't unadopt them. You couldn't go over and say, Bob, you're, I'm glad you, I adopted you, but Rachel's my original, so I'm just gonna send you on your road and all my inheritance now goes to her. That's what it worked. By law, he gets everything she gets. So when God says we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ, he's letting us know that he's not throwing us out that what Jesus himself receives. Oh my goodness. 
we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him. Mm -hmm. Provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. I'm a dwelling of God. I'm an heir of God. Well, according to the first scriptures we read, and according to Revelations chapter 5 verse 10, I'm a king. I'm a priest. You're kings. Read these over yourselves every day. I'm telling you, well, I'm just depressed. I'm telling you, I, you get out of it. <laughs> when you become convinced that this is who God has made you. Revelation chapter 5, verse 10. And have made us kings and priests unto our God, and we shall reign where? And has made us kings. I'm a child of God. I'm a dwelling of God. I'm an heir of God. Now I'm a king. Now I'm a priest. And I look at the creation that he's made. And I go, ooh. That's something to behold right there. My goodness, folks. I'm telling you. You don't have to look at anybody else. You don't have to compare yourself to anyone else. God has made you just the way he wanted you. Not only are you king and the priest, but you're also a citizen. Ephesians chapter 2, citizens of heaven. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says, And now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but are fellow citizens with the saints and the mem and members of the household of God. Citizens, kings, priests, dwelling, heir, children. Why in the world would I need to compare myself to anybody? Why would you need to compare yourself to anybody? Mm. Romans chapter 8 verse 37 Here's the last thing I want you to take away today. You're a dwelling, you're an heir. You're king, you're a priest. <laughs> you're a citizen of heaven. But you are more than a conqueror. You weren't meant to just be ran over top of by life. You were meant to conquer life. Romans chapter 8 verse 37. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And you know what I did to get it, Jody? I said, yes. Changed my mind about who I was. <laughs> and took on a new mindset. Why do you think he said in Philippians, let this mind be in you? Philippians chapter two, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He says, you need to think of yourself the way Jesus thought of himself. Then he tells you right after that, that Philippians chapter two, he said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, everybody holding on, right? Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He said, I have to think of myself that way. But not that that glory should be anything attained, that I could strip it off at any moment and become a servant to all. 
but this is who I am. And I challenge you, as we finish this series on I Quit, the biggest, best one that, I, that, I, that you need to quit is you need to quit comparing yourself to anybody. And you need to be exactly who God called you to be and what he called you to be. And by doing that, remember, New Year's resolutions are all supposed to what? Make us better. He said, as Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify you in the beauty of your holiness. We thank you in the magnitude of who you are. Father, help me remember who I am. Help me to remember what you've done for me and what you have made me and that I'm not taking anything on myself that I don't need to take on, but this is just what you have done in me. And I praise you for it and I thank you for it. In Jesus' glorious name, amen.